listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com. Hey, good morning, church. I hope you're enjoying all this sunshine we're having, this beautiful weather. Everything's turning green. Stuff is starting to come to life and bud. I was really hoping to deliver this sermon outside today, but I couldn't get a good internet connection. And so I am forced to deliver it from my office once again. And today we're starting a new sermon series that we're calling Rhythms. And when I think of rhythm, I think of a beat or, or a groove. Something that when you hear it, you kind of fall into it. You slide into it. You know, sometimes I'll hear a song and without even realizing it, my body starts to respond. (laughs) There's this natural, instinctive, kind of intuitive, organic thing that happens. And I don't even realize I'm moving. My head starts to bob. I start to tap my foot. Have you ever had that happen when you hear a, a good song? Well, What if we could establish rhythms with God that make our relationship with him feel more like that? You know, when I was a young Christian, I very much approached spiritual disciplines and practices and rhythms as obligatory duties. That somehow if I, if I read my Bible and went to church and prayed harder and prayed more, that I would, I would earn more of God's favor and love. And, and I would just I would become a good Christian. Right? The, the, we're, we're, we have this assumption that if we do those things, we become good Christians. But I, I never felt like I could find my groove. And a lot of times... Honestly, it felt like I was fighting against the rhythm, like that awkward kid who's trying to dance. And that was me when I was a kid, right? And so it caused me to question, what are these spiritual disciplines and habits and practices even for? Why why do them at all? Why do I read my Bible? Why do I pray? Why do I go to church? And after thinking about this for for quite a long time, I came to the conclusion that that deep down, I want to feel connected to God. I want to know him. I want to know that he's real and that he's with me. I want to know that he's leading me and guiding me and loving me. And I want him to form me and shape me make me more like Jesus. And ultimately, I, I want to become more and more and more aware of his presence. You know, the scripture tells us that God is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere. And so it's really not a matter of, of, of God being with us. It's a matter of us being aware that God is with us. And I've noticed that I live my best life when I'm aware of his presence. When I just know and sense, yeah, he's with me. And when I'm aware of his presence, my faith and my relationship with him, it feels more like a groove. It's just more instinctive. It's more natural. I find myself living more like Jesus 
without even giving it much thought. It, it's like a muscle memory thing. That the more aware I am of his presence, the better life I live. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to be discussing spiritual rhythms, establishing rhythms with God. We're going to talk about why we need them, what they can look like, how we can create and establish some of those in our lives. And for those of you who who aren't sure if you even believe in God and you just have lots of questions, this is a perfect exercise for you to establish some rhythms with God because it allows you to be active with your questions, not just passive. A lot of times when when we have questions for God or we're, we're, we're really wrestling with doubt, we become passive. But establishing rhythms with God allows you to be active with your questions. And so this is a great experience opportunity for you as well. This isn't just for for those who are following Jesus. Maybe you're just curious and investigating God. This is a great opportunity for you to establish some rhythms with him and uh, allow your questions to become active pursuits. So I want to start my talk today by looking at the book of Numbers. And if you're new to scripture, Numbers is the fourth book of the Bible, and it tells the story of how God led the entire nation of Israel on a journey into the wilderness, some 600,000 people. Of course, before the book of Numbers, we see that God miraculously delivers the nation of Israel from slavery in Egypt, and he parts the Red Sea for them, and it's just very evident that God is with them. And he's leading them. And in the book of Numbers, we see that God provides this encampment of 600,000 people. He provides them with miracle bread from heaven. It's called manna. And they would gather it up each morning and it would it was enough to feed them. And, and they're headed, of course, to this promised land that God has promised them. And it's scripture tells us it's a land flowing with milk and honey. And what's amazing in the book of Numbers is we discover that they're led by this pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at nighttime. And and we're told that God is in the cloud and in the fire. I want to read a a portion of Numbers chapter 9, verse 17 through 23. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Here's what it says. Whenever the cloud lifted... From over the sacred tent, the people of Israel would break camp and follow it. And wherever the cloud settled, the people of Israel would set up camp. In this way, they traveled and camped at the Lord's command whenever he told them to go. Then they remained in their camp as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle. If the cloud remained over the tabernacle for a long time, the Israelites stayed and performed their duty to the Lord. Sometimes the cloud would stay over the tabernacle for only a few days. So the people would stay for only a few days, as the Lord commanded. Then at the Lord's command, they would break camp and move on. Sometimes the cloud stayed only overnight and lifted the next morning. By day or night, whenever the cloud lifted, the people broke camp and moved on. Whenever the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for two days, a month, or a year, the people of Israel stayed in camp and did not move on. But as soon as it lifted, they broke camp and moved on. 
this passage, when I read it, I feel unsettled, right? And I'm sure they did as well. The, the 600,000 people, you know, God was with them. He was leading them. And yet we read here that God is in this pillar of cloud. And whenever the cloud picks up off the tabernacle and starts to move, they were to go whenever the cloud lifted. They had to be ready to move, change on a dime, which honestly, it doesn't feel too far from our current experience these last two months, does it? You know, during this pandemic, we're, we're, things are changing by the second, it seems, and we're trying to be flexible. We're trying to see what's happening. And I can tell you that as a pastor, I'm trying to be attentive to the cloud. I'm trying to get a sense of, God, what do you have next for us? Where are you leading us? What, God, what do you want us to do? And when do you want us to do it? And what I find interesting about this passage is, is even though God was with them, he was hitting the pause button a lot. <laughs> the passage we just read said sometimes the cloud would settle for two days, a week, a month, a year. And that must have felt to them like, God, why are you, why are you putting our life on pause? Why can't you just get us to this promised land? Why, why are you not in a hurry? And what we see clearly in the book of Numbers is that God was using this time. He was using this time to build and develop relationship with them. And, and this was ultimately an opportunity for these people to see and notice that God was with them. That they could trust him. That he had their best interest at heart. That he was leading them into something good. And he was preparing them for challenges that were ahead. He was expanding their capacity to follow him into the unknown, which is exactly what faith is, right? Trusting God. And he's even forming them so that they could become carriers of God's presence, so they could be a blessing to the whole world. But what happens later on in the book, for the next several chapters of the book of Numbers, we find a people who fall into this vicious cycle of complaining. Now, they had every reason to complain. They're living in tents. They're not knowing where they're headed. They just know there's this promised land God has for them. And he, he's slowly leading them. They're eating bread that they have to collect off the ground every day. How old would that get? Right, Waking up each morning, collecting this manna, this coriander seed off the ground and baking it and cooking it and just having bread every day. And, and then, of course, they're wanting to stay when God had them walking and probably... <laughs> wanting to walk when God had them staying put. And so there's all this uncertainty and inconvenience. And it wasn't long before uh, they started to complain. And their complaining shifted their focus. It shifted their focus entirely. They lost sight of the fact that God was with them. I mean, he's in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He parted the Red Sea for them. He's providing manna for them. And yet they somehow lost sight of the fact that God was with them. They became unaware of his presence. 
And tragically, what happens is their complaining takes over and they end up missing it. And they wander in the wilderness for the next 40 years. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever felt like you were wandering in your relationship with God? Have you ever felt like you were just going in circles and you were feeling worn out you don't even notice God with you anymore. You're not even aware of his presence. See, something I've learned is that when we try to do all the right things without an awareness of God's presence, we get worn out. We get worn out. And that's the, that's, that's kind of the rhythm of American Christianity in a sense, right? We're told just, just, read your Bible more, just just pray more, just press harder. Well, you can do all those things. You can go to every church service. You can do, you can read your Bible multiple times a day, pray every day, but without an awareness of God's presence, you'll get tired and weary and worn out. It's going to feel like you're wandering. And this is why establishing life-giving rhythms with God is so important because healthy rhythms allow us to become more aware of his presence. They, they, they keep us in the groove where all of a sudden life with God just starts to feel instinctive. It starts to feel like muscle memory. Like we start to bob our head and tap our foot and we don't even realize it. But we're living more like Jesus. And so that is the purpose of rhythms. And I want to take a few minutes this morning and talk about establishing a rhythm with God around gratitude. And I want to go back to that story from the book of Numbers that we just walked through and ask this question of you. How would that story have changed had the Israelites established a rhythm of gratitude with God? I I wonder if... If they had established a rhythm of gratitude, I wonder if it would have refocused them. I wonder if it would have made them less concerned with the inconvenience of their lives and helped them to become more aware of the fact that God was right there with them. I wonder if they would have seen that time of wandering as an opportunity instead of an obstacle, because oftentimes you and I, we we just get so focused on destination, right? We just want to get to where God is leading us and get to the, the future he has for us. But God is more concerned about the journey because he's more concerned about forming us and us relating to him. And I wonder if the people of Israel would have grown closer to God and they found, found out more about him and trusted him more and have been would have been formed and shaped by him if they just would have learned the rhythm of gratitude. It would help them become more aware of God's presence and to learn what it means to be carriers of his presence in the world. See, establishing a rhythm of gratitude, I believe, would have rewritten their whole story. And so here's another question for you, and this one's a little bit pointed. Um, I hope you don't take offense to it, but here goes. Does your life in any way reflect that story in Numbers 9? Do complaints flow from your lips more naturally than gratitude? 
And how's that going for you? What if establishing a rhythm of gratitude helped you become more aware that God is with you? Even in the midst of living life on pause during this pandemic, right? What if, what if becoming more aware of his presence through the rhythm of gratitude was an opportunity for you to connect with God and prepare you, get you ready for what's ahead? How would a rhythm of gratitude change the story and rewrite the story that you're living right now? Well, what does a creating and establishing a rhythm of gratitude even look like? I don't know. It's your song. You have to find the rhythm. Um, I think there's lots of different beats of gratitude to explore, and they might even change over time for you. You know, maybe for a season, uh, you thank God for something every single time you pray. Or maybe there's another season in your life that you just look for opportunities to show gratitude to others. Maybe there's a season in your life when you write down the best part of your day each night before you crawl into bed. You get a pad of paper and a pen and each night before you go to bed for a season, you just write down the best part of your day and just take a moment to thank God for that and leave it on your nightstand so you see it the next morning and the next evening and just make a growing list. Maybe it's a season where you just, you know, you sing his praise extra loud in your living room at the end of the online service. It's your song. So, so what would feel life-giving? What would make you feel more connected with God? What practice of gratitude would help you notice he's with you? What practice of gratitude would help you become more aware of his presence? While you're sitting with that, I'm going to invite you to join me in a practice of gratitude. And um, we're gonna build a, a, a gratitude altar together. I know that sounds funny, so let me explain. In the Old Testament, the Israelites would pile up stones to make an altar. And that altar would be a way to give thanks to God, to, to give gratitude. And they would leave that stone altar set up to remember what God did for them. And so even passers-by, they would walk past and they would see a stone altar and they would be, whoa, God did something there. And so I have 10 stones with me today. And I was hoping to do this outside, but I had terrible internet connection. So I'm going to do this in my office and build this uh, gratitude altar with you. And each stone that I have uh, represents something that I'm thanking God for during these last two months, during this, this pandemic. And so this first stone that I have represents some smoked pork. My friend Chris Bowman called me up one night uh, several weeks ago, and he said, Adam, I have something to, to, to give to you. Is it okay if I swing by and just drop it off your front porch? And um, you could pick it up. And I said, oh, of course, I like things being dropped off on my front porch. Um, and it was smoked pork that he had been smoking all day. 
and it had this delicious bark on the outside of it with all these seasonings. And so we got that, at, I think it was about 8.30 at night, and, and we decided to save it for dinner the next night. And that smoked pork was the best meal we had together as a family over the last two months. And my wife's an amazing cook, so that's saying something. And so this, this rock represents my thankfulness, my gratitude to my friend Chris and to God for, for that opportunity just to enjoy that smoked pork, that dinner with my family. And so I'm going to put that down here. I'm going to pick up two rocks for this next one. And these two rocks uh, represent uh, a board game called Scythe and an outdoor game called spike ball that my family uh, purchased at the beginning of the pandemic because we knew we were going to be trapped indoors and we wanted to discover and find some some things we could do to have fun as a family together and i'm telling you we have spent hours the last two months playing this board game called scythe and and playing spike ball in our yard and i am grateful to god for that time with my family and so God, thank you for that. This next rock um, represents gratitude that I have for God for giving me strength. Uh, I, uh, last week I was mowing my yard and was feeling pretty tired and worn out and a little bit just grumpy and miserable. And I have my next door neighbor, I'm good friends with uh, Reggie and Vicki Melrose, and they were away in Florida, and they were coming back um, the next week, and their lawn really needed to be mowed. And um, God gave me strength to just push through kind of like my, my negative uh, attitudes and my tiredness and weariness, and, and I mowed their lawn. And I'm just thankful that God uh, gave me the energy and the prompting to do that because I was really blessed by that, being able to serve them and just look out my front window and, and, and see not only my lawn mode, but theirs. And uh, that was just a really blessing to me. So God, thank you for giving me the strength for that. And um, this rock represents that. This next one um, is represents the gratitude I have for God to help my son, Josh. I have a, a 14 year old son named Josh and he has a lot of special needs and um, he, he really hasn't understood this pandemic and, and why we're all acting the way we're acting and he can't quite comprehend it all and my wife and I uh, you know just been praying for him and God has given him a tremendous amount of grace and he's done so well and so this rock represents my my gratitude to God for just dispensing grace on my son Josh This one here um, represents gratitude that I have for God for just creativity and margin in my life. Uh, I was able to write a song a couple of weeks ago, um, and I'm just thankful to God for that space and for that creative juice to be able to express and, and write something and create something. So, God, thank you for that. Um, I have a lot of gratitude to you for that, God. Thank you. This rock here... Um, is going to represent the gratitude that I have towards God for just keeping it, keeping me together 
helping me when I felt anxious over these last two months. Um, time and again, God would just come through for me and, and bring me encouragement um, and make me more aware of his presence, uh, teach me how to trust him. And so, God, I'm, I'm grateful that you use those times to kind of minister to me and help me keep things together. Thank you for that, God. This one is representative of God's provision. I'm just so thankful for God's provision uh, that he has just provided for me and my family and my friends in just remarkable ways. And yeah, he's, he's Jehovah Jireh, right? He's our provider. So God, I'm, I'm so grateful for that. Thank you. This rock uh, is going to be my gratefulness represent my my gratitude to god for the sunshine this week for seeing green grass again you know um monday i was sitting in front of this window at my office and i have this tree just about three feet four feet away from my office window and a beautiful red cardinal just like perched right in front of me at eye level and just sat there and man that was it's such a little blessing but it made my day just to see that um, the sun was shining and that red cardinal just popped right in front of me and I just enjoyed that. So God, thank you for uh, just the beauty that we see here in Vermont at this time of year and everything being green and the sun shining. I'm, I'm just really grateful for that. Then this last rock, um, I'm just going to use to represent my gratitude for... Um, just knowing that God is with us. You know, even during this pandemic, when everything just feels unsettled, um, I'm grateful to know that he's with me, that he wants to use this time uh, to, to expand my capacity to relate with him, to get to know him. Um, yeah, I, God, thank you for being with me. Thank you for being with me. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you get an opportunity today or this week to maybe build your own gratitude altar. Or maybe that, that's not for you. Maybe, maybe this just, that's just not your song. Um, but whatever your beat and rhythm is, I pray, I hope that you would explore ways to establish rhythms with God and a rhythm of gratitude with God. So friends, be well. Let's sing one more song. Uh, before we say goodbye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community.